Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script it is march 7th 2022 i'm your host jd from new york and this is off the script thank you guys so very much for joining me on your rainy new york city monday nights wherever you may be by show of hands man how many people rewatched some of the shit that happened that revolution instead of monday night raw Made me wonder why I even watched this show tonight. 
I was actually in Atlantic City last week having uh, a couple of cold beverages. And I took the Monday off last week. People were like, JD, where are you? Why aren't you watching Monday Night Raw? Why ain't I watching Monday Night Raw? Tonight's the perfect example as to why I don't watch Monday Night Raw. I really didn't. Honestly, I didn't even watch with my full attention like I did Revolution last night. Tonight, Monday Night Raw. I didn't watch Monday Night Raw last week. Apparently, I didn't miss much of anything outside of Edge and AJ Styles. But tonight was the perfect example as to why it is okay to miss a week watching WWE television. I don't know what happened on tonight's show outside of the tag team match. I don't know why people on social media were saying that this show was good or Monday Night Raw is better and all this other nonsense. Dana Brooke versus Tamina. Rhea Ripley back in another tag team after they just got rid of the tag team with her and Nikki Trash. Real great creative there, Bruce. I really appreciate your fucking solid effort this WrestleMania season. Kevin Owens challenging Stone Cold Steve Austin to show up at WrestleMania for a Kevin Owens show because they're so fucking inept that they can't find anything for the fucking guy to do. Kevin Owens of all people. But you could certainly find time to fucking get Johnny Knoxville on the show. You could find time to make Logan Paul and his program with The Miz mean something on WWE television, right? Unbelievable. I don't know who else has a problem with this. I do. I I don't know who thinks this is actually WrestleMania. Who's excited about this WrestleMania? I know I'm not. The big story tonight coming out of this heap of fucking garbage that was Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owens called out Stone Cold Steve Austin to appear at WrestleMania on a glorified talk show at WrestleMania, the Kevin Owens show, like we haven't seen that one done before. This ain't Piper's Pit, let me tell you. Kevin Owens called him out. Stone Cold Steve Austin hasn't been in the ring for 20 years wrestling. It's obviously going to be there. WWE gave you a glimpse of what is actually going to happen to Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. The guy is going to get fucking buried at WrestleMania. But I'm glad the 2 to $3 million contract over the next three years is fitting quite well in with his uh, everyday life. Kevin Owens, great. Show up at the biggest show of the year and get fucking embarrassed in front of 100,000 people and millions watching around the world. Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The current plan for Stone Cold Steve Austin as reported tonight by Ringside News. Steve over at Ringside News broke the story during Monday Night Raw. Brad Shepard reported this weeks ago. This is not new information. WWE is on the road to WrestleMania, and reports have indicated that Stone Cold Steve Austin is heading back into the ring. That is not the case. His participation might have been overblown by excited fans and the frauds in the media in the IWC. For far more than he can deliver at this point, Stone Cold Steve Austin cannot do anything in ring. It is apparent by the booking direction that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens will have something to do with each other in Dallas. Owens' constant jabs at the state of Texas is one of the big reasons why WWE has been building around Stone Cold Steve Austin. The big question 
is what the company has planned. A report came out that WWE has scaled back plans for Stone Cold Steve Austin, but the reality is that he never agreed to do a full-fledged match. Ringside News was told that right now it's just the Kevin Owens show, but Vince is trying to get Austin to do more. Of course he is. Vince is in desperation mode. Pat McAfee and and Austin Theory is not going to sell tickets to WrestleMania. Logan Paul and The Miz wrestling the Mysterios is not going to sell tickets to WrestleMania. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar can barely fucking sell tickets to WrestleMania. The most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. The biggest WrestleMania match of all time, which we know is not really the fucking case. I mean, give me a break. Give me a legit break with this shit, man. I hate the false advertising. I know why they do it, but it's really fucking ridiculous. It's really cringe. The biggest WrestleMania match of all time is Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. John Cena versus The Rock. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. Give me a fucking break. Give me a break. It's not this match. WWE can barely write fucking television on a week-to-week basis, but you want to claim this is the biggest match in WrestleMania history. Give me a fucking break. It's not. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 and 26. We're bigger than this match here tonight or at WrestleMania that they've been promoting as the biggest match in WrestleMania history. So Kevin Owens, Steve Austin, Vince wants Austin to do more. But right now, it's nothing more than a Kevin Owens show. We're additionally being told here at Ringside News by a tenured member of the creative team that it's a negotiation in terms of creative. Creative, money, and Austin mentioned legacy and his ability to deliver what the audience would expect of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Listen. The glass shattering at WrestleMania is always going to be a welcome sound to everybody's ears. But it comes, it comes a time where people have to take a step back and realize that you cannot continue on the path that WWE is currently on when it comes to WrestleMania. And this is not the... Only year where WWE has done this and really just showed their true colors as far as how desperate they are for the public spotlight and the limelight and all the publicity that comes with it. They feel like they have to go over the top for WrestleMania, and they really don't. They clearly don't give a shit because WrestleMania is the weakest build out of any show all year. Put on by WWE. Case in point, look at what they did with SummerSlam and John Cena versus Roman Reigns. To me, that's a money match. With this Roman Reigns and John Cena, that's a money match. What did WWE do with Roman Reigns and John Cena? They didn't lift a fucking finger as far as building something between those two. They announced the match. Fucking stadium was sold out already. And they didn't do anything. So mixed with the fact that Allegiant Stadium was sold out, mixed with the fact that it's Roman Reigns, mixed with the fact that John Cena's back for about six weeks, they felt they didn't need to do anything. Meanwhile, the match suffered because of the lack of story going into the match. I haven't gone back and watched that match at all. I went back and watched Roman Reigns, Edge, and 
Daniel Bryan. I was going to call him Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And then I went back and watched Edge versus Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank, which was fucking fantastic. Several times. I haven't watched that match back with John Cena. They don't give a shit. They don't put any effort into anything because that stadium was sold out. They don't put any effort into WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. You're going to watch it because you're supposed to watch it. It's the biggest show in pro wrestling all year. That is a shit mentality for WWE to go into their biggest show of the year and just kind of feed to the fans. Yeah, we can put anything on the show. You're going to fucking watch it anyway. I don't like that at all. It's very disrespectful, and it's quite lazy for a fucking pro wrestling company like WWE to go into their biggest show of the year and legitimately not give the fans the best fucking show that you could possibly ask for. You know, this is what you get. Now you see the differences between AEW and WWE, where AEW charges $49.99 for that fucking pay-per-view. I feel I feel like I got my $50 worth in one hour on Revolution last night. You go and watch WWE on Peacock, you're getting $4.99 worth of WWE pay-per-view. That's what they do. And it sucks. WWE right now is at the lowest it's ever been. Look at this WrestleMania card. They've put more effort into getting Johnny Knoxville consistent television than getting Ricochet consistent television or Big E consistent television. They've done more for Logan Paul than they've done for anybody else on that active roster. They've done more for Logan Paul than they've done for Sasha fucking Banks. But you want to sit there and tell me that I'm being fucking negative about WWE. Who the fuck do you think you are? You're never going to be smarter than me, man. I'm telling you right now. You're looking at the best when it comes to doing this YouTube podcast wrestling bullshit. This show sucks. This is not WrestleMania. You want to know when you got WrestleMania? You got WrestleMania last night with Tony Khan. That was the greatest AEW show that they ever put on, and he rivaled WrestleMania in five hours where WWE isn't going to make you feel like it's WrestleMania over a span of two evenings. Stone Cold Steve Austin, I get the glass shattering. I get they need the big names, but the reliance on big names is absolutely what is killing the fucking vibe of the entire WrestleMania season every single fucking year. If it's not Austin, it's Goldberg. If it's not Goldberg, it's somebody else. If it's not Goldberg or somebody else, it's fucking Ronda Rousey coming in and stealing spotlights. Ronda did her job. I don't want to see Ronda Rousey anymore. She did her job in WWE fucking wasted it all. You want, you, you want me to invest more time into Ronda Rousey after the first go-around was great and then you fucked it up? I don't give a shit about any of these D-list fucking celebrities that you have appearing at WrestleMania. I don't. I want professional wrestling at WrestleMania. It's in the fucking name of the goddamn event. WrestleMania. Now we're getting fucking D-list Hollywood at WrestleMania. I get the I get the, the glass shattering. But you people in the community, man, you, you need to take a step back with the fucking nostalgia, man. You drink too much of that shit, you're going to fucking uh, get a little uh, sickness in the stomach. You keep drinking that shit. It's like, just think about, you know, drinking all night and drinking that fucking one last beer, right? After you had about seven fucking beers and you have a really strong beer to close the night out, man. Strong but flavorful. It's a good 13 percenter. You're probably thinking to yourself, man, I want this beer. But your body's saying, bro, listen, 
Please, put the fucking credit card down. No more beer. Can you just take me the fuck home? I got a fucking leak, and I want to go to bed. Please. Please. You did everything you possibly could to fucking make me feel like shit tonight. The nachos and the fucking mozzarella sticks and the chicken fingers. And now you want to give me, after fucking seven beers prior, you want to give me a fucking eighth beer at 13% alcohol. Bro, you drink this shit in, man. You drink this nostalgia shit in. You are going to be drunk with stupidity. And that's exactly what everybody is doing right now. You're drunk with stupidity. You're drunk for the the good vibes and WrestleMania. You know, I, I don't give a shit about good vibes. I don't. Why does everybody want to fucking get good vibes? It's WrestleMania. You should be expecting and wanting the best. If you think this is the best that WWE, maybe it is the best that WWE can churn out. I have no fucking idea. But if you think this is the best that WrestleMania is and should be, you clearly are the fucking cancer of the goddamn problem within WWE. Kevin Owens and Steve Austin is fine for a Kevin Owens show. But WWE's reliance on all of this is fucking pathetic. Vince McMahon going on Pat McAfee's show is pathetic and inviting him to wrestle at WrestleMania. Why hasn't he gone backstage and invited one of his own full-time roster members to wrestle at WrestleMania? Does Ricochet have a WrestleMania match, being that he just won the Intercontinental Championship? The second most prestigious title in all of the goddamn fucking company. Ricochet is holding it, and WWE has made it feel worse than the 24-7 Championship. Has he invited Ricochet to a match at WrestleMania? Has he invited Ali back to the fucking company to wrestle on his show, being that SmackDown and their roster depth is fucking pathetic? No. No, but we're inviting Pat McAfee to wrestle at WrestleMania because Pat McAfee's going to sell tickets, right? Because Pat McAfee's going to sell tickets to WrestleMania. He said, nobody ever. Nobody ever. You're all drunk with this fucking nostalgia. Get it out of your system. Go to AA. Get some fucking help. Go seek some help. This is not the right way for WWE to do WrestleMania. Nobody told them to run AT&T Stadium. Nobody nobody told them to run two nights at 100,000 fucking seats. WWE thinks that they're bigger than they really are. Let me tell you something, man. With the dwindling audiences every fucking week and dwindling audiences every year, where do you think these people went? They're either watching AEW because they're giving you what you need over there or you're not watching professional wrestling anymore because it all just fucking sucks. WWE is not as big as they think they are. They may be making the money, but they're not as big as they think they are. They're certainly not making most of that money off of the fucking shit that they put on TV. That money comes from the TV rights deals. That money comes from Saudi Arabia. That money comes from Peacock. Most of WWE's annual income has nothing to do with their fucking live gates and their merchandise sales and what they do on TV. But here I am. I've been preaching every fucking year. If you put something good on TV, people will come. If you put something good on TV, people will go and pay money to go watch the fucking show. Madison Square Garden was never close to a sellout on Saturday night at uh, that house show that they did in New York City. 70% of it was sold. That's fucking sad. Where WWE can't sell out Madison Square Garden anymore. AEW is coming into fucking Arthur Ashe Stadium and doing 20,000 seats. Now, but WWE is the big bad boss in town, right? This is their home turf. Everybody's drunk off nostalgia. It's sickening. I'm personally glad Stone Cold Steve Austin is now not scheduled to wrestle at WrestleMania. That's the right thing to do. 
He's not a fucking dummy. He sees exactly what WWE was going to end up doing anyway. They were going to beg him to come back, just like they begged Jeff Hardy to come back because they didn't want him to go to AEW and reform the Hardy Boys with Matt Hardy because they know there's still money in the Hardy Boys and one last run at the tag team goal. WWE could have had that, but they didn't want it because they know everything. They know better. They begged Jeff to come back. They begged Austin to come back and wrestle after 20 fucking years without any fucking care about what that man's legacy still is. They want his legacy ruined. You do realize that the Undertaker's legacy was ruined with all those returns, right? That WrestleMania 33 leaving the hat and the jacket in the middle of the ring only to come back and fucking continue to wrestle and then have another uh, another blow-off and a uh, uh, fucking farewell in, inside an empty fucking Thunderdome. You, you do realize that all legitimately ruined the Undertaker's legacy just a little bit. I'll never forget that. That WrestleMania 33 laying the hat and the gloves and the jacket in the middle of the ring as he descended into fucking all the smoke on the stage, that should have been his retirement. He did not need to wrestle again after that. He did nothing that was of note or memorable after that. He only came back because Vince begged him to. And they're like this. Their relationship is like father and son. WWE is begging every single chance they got for their old guard to help them because they don't know how to create and they don't know how to build anything with the current crop of talent. I'm glad Stone Cold Steve Austin is not wrestling. The legacy of that man should remain intact. I know it. Most of you know it. He knows it. He knows exactly why WWE called him, and this is the same old song and dance. They've asked him how many times before in the past to wrestle one more match. One match leads to a second match. And then a third match, and a fourth match, and a fifth match. And now they got the Saudi deal. Stone Cold Steve Austin will be making more money now than he did before when he was in the WWE as an active in-ring competitor in the 90s. But he won't do it. Money is not everything. The legacy of that man is more important to him. Let him be. If he wanted to wrestle, he will wrestle. There's no need for anybody, you, me, or anybody, all those people that paid money to sit there and watch this horrendous show on April 2nd and April 3rd. There's no need to watch Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring. You want to go get your nostalgia fix? The WWE Network at $4.99 has got you covered. I don't want to see live television in 2022 with a 58-year-old Stone Cold Steve Austin against somebody who should have a real thriving fucking role at WrestleMania and does not. And does not. I'm glad. Mostly because I'm big on legacy and I'm big on self-respect. Also, I'm big on everybody fucking crying in the community because you didn't get what you wanted. Good. Good. I'm the anti-community. I'm glad we didn't get it. Because now you'll all sit there and fucking cry and realize that what I was saying for the last four weeks has been correct. You don't want it either. You just want that feel-good moment. Fuck your feel-good moment. I want my feel-good moment every fucking week by these people writing good fucking television. That's what I want. That's my feel-good. I don't feel good falling asleep every Monday night because the show is utterly boring. That's the news with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Good. Good. He'll show up, he'll get a payday, he'll stun, and then he'll go away. He's lucky, he's lucky that WWE is opening the door for that to happen. 
And WWE is opening the door for that, for Stone Cold Steve Austin to just do that. Everybody's lucky that it's just happening with that. Stop begging. You're not getting any more than that. The other big thing that happened tonight on Monday Night Raw was Seth Rollins. I don't know what they're doing with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, as of right now, does not have a WrestleMania match going into AT&T Stadium. Now, the rumor and innuendo is Seth Rollins is going to show up and have some sort of open challenge at WrestleMania. The name being brought up is Cody Rhodes. I don't know if Cody Rhodes is still joining World Wrestling Entertainment. I don't really give a shit if he is or isn't. I don't care. I am honestly sick and tired of all the Cody Rhodes talk. He's on the WrestleMania internal line sheet. He's off the WrestleMania internal line sheet. He himself says he's retired. All this other shit about Ring of Honor being bought out by Tony Khan. He's going to go run Ring of Honor. I brought up all these, these possibilities, which are still possibilities. I don't think they're happening. But I do think Cody Rhodes is going to end up with Vince McMahon and WWE. But Cody Rhodes, nobody knows what's going on with Cody Rhodes anymore. And he's the one guy that is linked to Seth Rollins. So Dave Meltzer last week talked about Cody Rhodes' status as far as WrestleMania is concerned. And Cody Rhodes may be having second thoughts about going back to WWE. Is he really having second thoughts? Is he really having second thoughts? Maybe it wasn't even in the fucking plan to begin with. But Dave Meltzer says his status has changed. He was on the books for WWE at WrestleMania. They had creative laid out for him. They still thought on Friday that they had creative laid out for him. And then now it's all very uncertain. I don't know what's going on with Cody Rhodes, says Dave Meltzer. If there's anybody in the know uh, as far as Cody Rhodes or AEW, it's Dave Meltzer. And they don't even know. Meltzer is not always correct. He's very, very hit or miss. But I don't think he'd know really on anything Cody Rhodes related news anyway. I don't think WWE is going to give him the news. I don't think WWE is going to do anything with Cody Rhodes and give it to Meltzer or Alvarez or anybody over at the Observer, knowing that their relationship is very tight with Tony Khan. So ringside news. They reported after Meltzer talked about it that on Friday around 4 p.m., Cody was on the internal documents for WrestleMania. No other information was available. Then two hours after they ran that report, they followed up with another exclusive report about Cody Rhodes' WrestleMania status WWE's creative team was informed about a change of plans. Cody Rhodes right now is not listed on the internal WrestleMania documents. He's on the documents. He's off the documents. I'm sick and tired of hearing anything Cody Rhodes related. I don't even give a shit if he shows up at this point. I don't. Do I think Cody Rhodes is going to WWE? Yes, I do. I don't think he's going back to AEW. And to be quite honest with you, after Sunday's Revolution show, I don't really think AEW needs Cody Rhodes. Is Cody Rhodes going to be a compliment to the roster and add to AEW? Absolutely. But I think after Sunday night, we we don't really need Cody Rhodes in AEW. I love Cody Rhodes. Don't mix up my words. I think Cody Rhodes is the best in-ring storyteller in all of the business right now. I love everything that he does. The way he talks, the way he presents himself, the matches he has, the old school mentality he has. There's a lot to love about Cody Rhodes. The greediness and the ego, 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, everybody's a little greedy. Everybody's got a fucking ego. But, uh, I mean, the ego on Cody Rhodes is, it's it's up there with a lot of big names in the pro wrestling realm. I do think that he's going to end up with WWE. The thing is, if Rollins doesn't have an opponent, and next week, WWE's in Jacksonville, by the way. WWE's in Jacksonville for Monday Night Raw. Does Cody Rhodes show up in Jacksonville for Monday Night Raw to confront Seth Rollins about having a WrestleMania match? I don't know. If Cody Rhodes was going to be on WrestleMania's card, he would have already been on Monday Night Raw. We are now less than four weeks to go before WrestleMania. You would think Cody Rhodes is a big enough name that you want him at WrestleMania and in a match with one of the bigger names that you have on the roster. We have not seen or heard anything about Cody Rhodes outside of the little the little seeds that The Miz has planted and Edge mentioned him in his uh, promo couple of weeks ago indirectly, he would have been on the show already. I'm not putting Cody Rhodes in a match at WrestleMania. I'm not. Seth Rollins should be on WrestleMania. That's WWE's fault. They dropped the ball with that one. I don't know why we just didn't get Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens winning the fucking tag team championships tonight. I don't know why they even put the titles on American, uh, American, I was going to say American Alpha, Alpha Academy. I wish American Alpha would fucking come back, man. Jason Jordan and Chad Gable were fucking fantastic. I don't even know why they put the titles on American Alpha. I don't. Didn't make sense. Put the titles on them to take them off of American Alpha. I I don't get it. Doesn't really make sense to me. But Cody and Rollins, yes, that would be a WrestleMania match to the T. But I'm saving Cody for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania because that is another show that WWE has absolutely botched in the last couple of years. Several years, in fact. I'm saving him for Monday Night Raw. But Rollins needs a WrestleMania match. What do we do? What do we do? So that is going to be a wait and see thing. He's on the documents. He's off the documents. He's on the documents. He's off the documents. Just give me the fucking documents and let me burn the fucking documents. For all I give a shit about Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins right now. I don't care. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not going to be any sweat off my fucking back. It'll, It'll make WrestleMania a smidgen better. A smidgen better. WrestleMania right now is looking very, 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 very underwhelming. And that's me being nice using that type of terminology. I could use other egregious words like fucking horrendous and fucking terrible, an abomination, which I'm, I'm reserving judgment. Usually WWE, when these shows are so fucking terrible, they usually end up being very good. Go into it with low expectations in WWE. They usually shock you with something really good. 
Well, it's Cody and Rollins. It sounds like a WrestleMania match to me, but I'm saving Cody for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Other than that, new tag team champions, RK Bro, they won the tag team championships in a great triple threat match that opened the show that went nearly 45 minutes. And then we got Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan qualifying for their WrestleMania match for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And Finn Balor and whatever he's got going on with Damian Priest, I'm assuming that's going to be the United States Championship match going into WrestleMania 38. And then Edge, a different presentation for Edge tonight. Very Undertaker-esque with the purple lighting and the fog. And the whole presentation just kind of made me sit there and say, This guy really knows how to get you invested in anything he does, is Edge. I'm loving this heel turn. I think the heel turn is going to do wonders for Edge. And I love Edge as a heel or a babyface, but I do think he does his best work when he is a heel. So we'll go over that and everything else that happened on Monday Night Raw tonight. I appreciate you guys joining me on Monday Night Raw for the post show right here on Off The Script. Man, what a rough night it was last night. Let me tell you, man. My internet went out for 10 minutes, and I legitimately, if I didn't have such beautiful equipment on my desk, this room would have been in shambles. That's how fucking pissed off I was, man. Stream was cut for about 10 to 12 minutes. I had to go downstairs and reroute the fucking router. Came back up here. Surprise to me, the stream was still live, even though we took that little break in between. I lost, I'd say, 40% of my audience. We were trending towards 3,500 live viewers last night. As soon as I came back, we lost about uh, 1,100 or so. Don't know where you went. I know it was late, but hopefully you guys caught the live stream after the fact. And I appreciate all that hangout, that, that hung out with me and decided to hang out with me last night for the Revolution Post Show, man. Uh, it was still great. We went nearly three hours. It fucking killed me today. And it was uh, just a rough day, man. No sleep. Those Sunday night shows that end at midnight, man. Tony Khan's got to start the shows at 7 o'clock, man. I understand going five hours. They got got to scale that shit back down to 7 o'clock and have it go to 11. Please. Please. Holy shit. 8 o'clock to 12? A little overkill, bro. Now, it's on a Sunday night where people got to get up for work. Got to fix that going forward, but... If you guys missed the live stream, it is on the homepage right now. Go and check it out. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to all the new fans that have followed coming out of the Revolution Show and some tonight from Monday Night Raw. We're going towards 38,000 followers on Twitter, man. It's a beautiful thing to see. Also, Instagram, at JD from NY206 on Instagram. I'm not on there as often as Twitter, but it's there if you guys do have an IG page. Go and check that out. Make sure you guys hit up Bonfire for all of your Off The Script t-shirts. Bonfire.com is the the exclusive home of Off The Script. Also hit up my sponsor for today's show, and that is Honey. Joinhoney.com slash Off The Script. You guys love saving money. I know you guys love shopping online as well, whether it's for yourself, for a holiday, or a birthday, any occasion. Shopping online can be... It could be tough because you're always looking to save some money. Now, Honey is going to take care of that for you, man. It's the free web browser. You download it right to your web browser. 
And it starts to scour the internet for those coupon codes so you don't have to do any work at all. So we'll talk about my good friends over at Honey a little bit later on in the show. But if you guys want to get started, that is joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum on today's Monday Night Raw post show on Off the Script. And hit that join button. Make sure you guys become a VIP and sit VIP with me right here in the OTS venue. Also, Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Let me know what you guys think of the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kevin Owens story. Seth Rollins, what is he doing at WrestleMania? Let me know. Chime in. Let me know what you thought of Monday Night Raw tonight. Super Chats are yours and the Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show and I promise you, as always, we will read through them all. Let's start with Monday Night Raw at the top, man. The tag team championship situation is very weak in WWE. I think we all... Kind of understand that. Monday Night Raw started off with RK Bro, it's Matt Riddle, and Randy Orton against the Alpha Academy. This is Chad Gable and Otis. And then we had Rollins and Kevin Owens. Triple threat match for the Monday Night Raw Tag Team Championship. Same kind of match as the Revolution Tag Team Triple Threat match with Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Whereas WWE does things a little bit differently. In that match at Revolution, there was only two men in the ring to start the match. And anybody could tag anybody. WWE does a Triple Threat match of sorts with three guys starting in the ring. And you are only allowed to tag your own partner. You can't tag somebody else. So the rules are very different here. It's a little bit more traditional in AEW and WWE, you know, being that they just don't give a shit about the rules of professional wrestling. They create their own rules in the world of professional wrestling. This was a great match. Not going to sit here and bullshit you. I'm always honest with everybody. This was a great match. This was a fun match. I could have easily watched this. We actually almost did for the entire first hour of the show. I like to see... Wrestling on my wrestling program. And that's what we got. I'd like to see more of this every fucking week. WWE has the talent on this roster to give us a match like this every week if they wanted to. They choose not to. But this was a great match. I do find it funny, though. And I'm not taking away anything from these guys in the ring. I'm not taking away anything from these six guys. They had a great tag team match. But I do find it kind of funny that AEW had a lot of people talking about their triple threat match coming out of Revolution. And the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express and Red Dragon, they killed it. They killed it at Revolution on Sunday night. Revolution itself was a huge talking point for all of pro wrestling last night. And WWE realized that. They knew it. They felt it. They seen it. And they wanted to create their own buzz tonight on Monday Night Raw. This is what I want to see more of. This is exactly what I want to see more of. If WWE could apply what they did in this tag team match coming out of Revolution and get the urge to put on better shows because AEW was the buzz of the town last night, I would fucking complain less about WWE. I would. I wish this was more of a regular thing. 
There's no way anybody is going to tell me that six guys here went out there and had this type of match, something similar to what we saw at Revolution, and did not watch Revolution for influence about this match tonight. Somebody in this match, probably probably all of them, watched Revolution last night. And somebody in WWE management or WWE creative watched Revolution so much so that they did a triple threat match tonight and put it on in the open of the show. Now, this match was already booked for two weeks. But WWE clearly could have ended the show with this. They didn't have to start off hot. They wanted to get out there and create a buzz because this was the only thing on the show that was going to create any sort of buzz as far as an in-ring aspect is concerned. This was a great match. So Rollins wiped out Gable and Riddle with a dive before Owens gave Gable a senton for a near fall. This was early in the match. We got a commercial break. There were several in this thing. It's tough to get invested when there's four commercial breaks. Otis took over, splashed, Riddle picked him up, and he went for a cover, only got a two count. Orton made the hot tag, and he handed out power slams to Gable and Rollins. Orton was very over here. RK Bro is very over, which I will get to in a second. Power slams to Gable and Rollins before giving them a double draping DDT. After Gable blocked an RKO, Orton hit Rollins with one instead, and Owens broke up the cover. So Orton then backdropped Owens and Gable onto the announce table before Riddle and Orton dropped both Otis uh, on the table, or dropped Otis on the table. So we go to a second commercial break, and Riddle gave Gable a floating bro, but Owens broke up the cover. Gable hit Riddle with a moonsault, but Rollins broke that up. They did a big Tower of Doom spot where Otis brought down Owens, and Rollins and his partner Gable with the powerbomb. Owens wiped out everybody with the dive. Rollins gave Riddle a double foot stomp after two. So Rollins is trying to, you know, keep up the pace and keep up the momentum here. He tried a rolling forearm, but Riddle applied a triangle choke. Gable broke that up with a diving headbutt before handing out some German suplexes to Orton Rollins and Matt Riddle. So Gable... At this point in the match, he goes up for his moonsault, which is a very pretty-looking moonsault. He gets a lot of elevation. It's almost graceful in execution, is Chad Gable's moonsault. Randy Orton is, you know, meandering about underneath him by the ropes. He's pulling himself up, trying to get back to a vertical base. And Chad Gable is in mid-moonsault. He's about to come... Off the top rope in the moonsault, he flips over, and Randy Orton, as soon as he comes down, he's almost face down, coming down on the moonsault. Randy Orton delivers an RKO mid-moonsault, and everybody popped big for the RKO in the moonsault by Chad Gable. This was gorgeous. Randy Orton is a master of his craft. And this may be in the top three best RKO executions of all time. I don't know what is up there. The Matt Seidel one is clearly up there. The Rollins one at WrestleMania 33, I believe, is up there. And we got this one. I know he did one with Ali as well that was pretty, but those are the ones that really just stood out to me as far as the RKO execution. This was fucking gorgeous. Absolutely fucking gorgeous. So, crowd pop big for that. 
Owens and Rollins handed out super kicks. Rollins gave Gable a buckle bomb. Owens followed with a stunner. Rollins off the stunner hit a curb stomp. They were going to win the tag team titles. Riddle comes in. He throws Rollins over the top rope. And he goes to pin Gable. And he wins the tag team championships. One, two, three. RK Bro is now your new tag team champions going into WrestleMania. Rollins walked up the ramp. Sulking in defeat, he almost looked like he was just dazed and confused, walking around mindless to everything that was going on around him. Kevin Owens, distraught, sat at ringside against the steel ring steps, and that was it. Fun match, crowd was into it, obviously took some influence from what AEW did with their tag team matches last night at Revolution, which is fine. It's always great to follow the leader in tag team wrestling. I I understand it. I really get it, Bruce. I get it. So good on you, man. I wish you'd do that with every other fucking match on the show. But uh, I know how fucking lazy you are. So at the end of the match, we had Randy Orton get in there. And Orton said he hasn't had this much fun in the 20 plus years he's been doing this. He called Riddle his friend. Something that he hasn't said about anybody else in all the 20 years he's been In WWE, he was pumped that they were going to WrestleMania. Kind of sounds like they're suckering Matt Riddle in to have Matt Riddle lower his guard. And this was just another uh, another dish on that huge appetizer plate for Randy Orton. Another fucking, you know, seed planted for the eventual turn. How how much more can we develop sympathy for Matt Riddle when I eventually fucking turn on this guy and RKO him into oblivion? That's what I got out of this. But I don't really understand why they took the titles off of American Alpha only to put them back on RK Bro going into WrestleMania when American Alpha were doing very well with those championships. Otis was finally coming into his own and Chad Gable's been doing the best work of his entire WWE career. They put the titles on them they did all that fucking nonsense with the academic challenge only to give RK Bro the tag team championships again. There's one thing and one thing only that I can come up with as to why this decision was made. And it's because WWE knows that without RK Bro, and this is a reason also why you're not getting the breakup going into WrestleMania, where a lot of people predicted that this would be your WrestleMania match. It would actually make WrestleMania a lot better if it was Riddle and Orton at WrestleMania. But... A lot of people predicted that this would have been the match for WrestleMania, and WWE has not shown you at all, little teases here and there, but nothing much, nothing substantial, that these guys were going to break up. That's one of the reasons why they didn't break up RK-Bro just yet. They might be selling great merchandise still. They're incredibly over. Everybody loves them. They're still one of the best acts on Monday Night Raw right now. But they're also realizing as WWE that if we break up RK-Bro, we don't have a fucking tag team division. But whose fault is that? That's WWE's fault. You've coasted all through the fucking year with Omos and AJ Styles. And you've coasted all through the year with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And you didn't really give anything else to the tag team division that is good or enough for the fans to invest in the tag team division. They haven't broke them up yet because it's all they got. They got nobody else outside of RK-Bro. They got the Prophets, they got American Alpha, and they got the fucking Mysterios. That's it. 
Your entire tag team division is what you saw here tonight. I doubt we see any more Rollins and Owens pairings. They've been great in the time that they've been together, but let's be real, they're not a real tag team. WWE hasn't broken up RK-Bro yet because there is nobody else in that tag team division as popular as RK-Bro. And they know if they do, they're going to be floating up Shit's Creek. So RK-Bro is going into WrestleMania. What are we doing at WrestleMania with RK-Bro? Are we going to get another American Alpha match? Why didn't, you just do the, why didn't you just do the title change at WrestleMania if you wanted to do that at WrestleMania? That would have been a greater stage for it to happen. Now you gave them the titles. Less than four weeks to go before WrestleMania. And what is the plan? There is none. That's the plan. There is no plan. I'm going to throw some at you guys, and I've been, pre- I've been preaching this for the last, I don't know how long, what is it, uh, since 2016? Since 2016, I've been preaching this one very important thing that I would love to see happen. WWE pulled a fucking rabbit out of a hat with this unification match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Great. I hope that they keep their fucking word on the unification match, and it's not what Meltzer said. So we're going to get a unification match between Reigns and Lesnar. Great. One championship. That's all we need. We don't need two world championships. Why don't we do the same for the tag team championships? Why don't we do RK-Bro against another team who clearly has, A, no competition, and B, no plans at WrestleMania on the SmackDown side of things? Why don't we do RK-Bro versus the Usos at WrestleMania? Why don't we merge the tag team divisions at WrestleMania? That's your tag team title match. All we need is that to happen and crown one tag team champion, WWE Tag Team Champions. Not the Raw Tag Team Champions, not the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The WWE Tag Team Champions. Have the Usos win, unify the titles, keep them alongside Roman, Roman's going to own the title after he beats Brock Lesnar. The Usos would own the title after they beat RK-Bro. And then you could break up Orton and Riddle and begin planting the seeds for that at WrestleMania. That's what needs to happen. I don't want to see another fucking tag team match with these teams. Profits, American Alpha, I don't want to see any multi-man teams for the tag team championships. That is lazy. That's what WWE is going to do. I'm just getting my hopes up talking about another unification match that I know is not going to happen. The Usos have legitimately no fucking tag team challenges on SmackDown. I have no fucking clue what they're doing over there. For all we know, we'll get another New Day and Uso matches at WrestleMania because WWE just doesn't give a shit. But the the Usos versus RK-Bro at WrestleMania for the unified tag team titles... That is the best match that you could possibly do right now. So let's see what happens. I doubt I get that. I doubt we get that. But that's the best way to go about this and crown one tag team champion at WrestleMania. Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. She defeated Tamina in one minute and 40 seconds. I really wish I could get into WWE creative during the uh, the boardroom meetings when this show was being written. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I'd love to ask. I really would love to. If, if I ever got invited and if WWE ever did a media scrum, I would absolutely ask, 
Why is the 24-7 championship still a thing on television? Are, are we appealing to anybody? Are we appealing to any certain demographic with this? What is the point? And what is with these, these love angles in WWE? It's all over NXT. Everybody is with somebody on NXT. I didn't know I was watching some fucking high school drama with my pro wrestling. Here we got Dana Brooke and Reggie as a romantic item. Here we got Tamina and Akira Tozawa as a romantic item. This is worth my television time? I would have gladly given the time given to this to fucking the tag team match. That opened the show. The, 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 the four or five minutes that you wasted doing this bullshit, the two for the match and then the three minutes that followed the match, I would have gladly given the tag team title match that opened the show. Dana Brooke pins Tamina. Wow. Wow. She did something right. That's amazing. Titus is very proud, man. He may actually give her the night off. He, he may actually give her the night off. Listen, honey, you don't have to come back to catering, man. The mashed potatoes, don't worry about them. I got them. In fact, I'm going to have Apollo fill in for you because he's another fucking loser who is just a complete waste of roster space. So go enjoy your date with Reggie, says Titus. One minute and 40 seconds. After the match, Tozawa called Tamina the love of his life. Clearly, Akira Tozawa is so depressed that he is now becoming fucking mental. Sitting and catering all these months, all these years, man. So much so that he is now claiming that Tamina Snuka is the love of his life. My goodness, man. What the fuck have they done to you, man? What are they feeding you in catering? Have they been have they been beating you in catering? Like, well, what, what is going on here? Akira Tozawa and Tamina Snuka, an item? Talk about the odd couple. What is with everybody being paired? It's like I'm watching Saved by the fucking Bell, man. Anyway, moving on from this nonsense, we go into the Miz and Logan Paul. We had a Miz and Logan Paul homecoming with Jerry the King Lawler. I didn't know we needed to see King back on our television. But here we are. So Miz made his entrance. He's in the ring. Cleveland, I'm home, he says. He got a hometown reaction, did the miss. He looked into the camera and said, this is respect. He played a clip from Dominic Mysterio accepting the Miz's challenge at WrestleMania. He said Dominic was being very disrespectful. Miz then introduced Logan Paul, noting that he is a Cleveland native. Logan Paul got booed. And he said he went to high school nearby and all of his high school buddies are in the crowd in attendance tonight. He said he was a wrestler who placed fifth in the state of Ohio and he has nothing but respect for his city. He said Cleveland made him the man he is today. Miz said he made it on his own and he said that he didn't get a YouTube channel on his own. He said if he followed in his father's footsteps, he'd be flipping burgers. He said Dominic got a WWE contract early Because of his dad. He said, Ray has earned the right to be beloved, but haven't I? He said, everything Ray has accomplished, he has too. But the fans boo him instead. But not the fans in Cleveland. They get him. He said, the only way Ray and Dominic have beat him is by cheating. He said, the fans 
should all choose two pop culture icons like them over the Mysterios. He then put his arm around Logan Paul and they be, became buddy-buddy. Logan said Dominic is just riding his dad's coattails. And then he said they're going to kick some ass at WrestleMania. Gee willikers, man. I'm so fucking excited about this match. This promo really got me fucking excited and thrilled for Logan fucking Paul at WrestleMania. It's great. I'm going to drop fucking uh, thousands of dollars on a WrestleMania ticket to see this great, spectacular match happen at WrestleMania. I don't feel sorry for anybody that's going to see this horrendous garbage live in Dallas. If I'm in Dallas, I'm at the B&B drinking a cold one. Not at WrestleMania. Miz then introduced Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry Lawler comes out, whom he noted was born and raised in Cleveland. Great. So we got Tennessee. Every time WWE goes down to Tennessee, we get Jerry the King Lawler and an appearance. And now they're in Cleveland, and we got Jerry the King Lawler and an appearance by the King on Miz TV. Who asks for this? What does this have to do with the Mysterios, Logan Paul, and The Miz? All you're doing is dragging out a fucking segment that nobody gives a shit about by having Jerry Lawler there adding to nothing. Jerry Lawler's there. Who in the history of WWE has more epic matches than Jerry the King Lawler, Jimmy Smith says. Uh, I can name about fucking 20 off the top of my head, Jimmy Smith. Put the headset down and stop listening to Bruce Pritchard, please. Lawler says he goes way back with Cleveland. He talked about various cities in Ohio near Cleveland where he grew up. He wore a Cleveland Browns jersey. He says he's happy to be there for Mrs. Homecoming. He says he's looking at Miss standing beneath that WrestleMania sign and he's wondering what it would be like to have WrestleMania in Cleveland. Keep dreaming, King. Keep dreaming. WrestleMania will never be in a shithole like Cleveland, Ohio. So he asked the Miz what he thinks. Logan said, well, that's an awesome idea. Miz asked Lawler if he really thinks so, but he had a very skeptical tone to him. I don't know, man. Lawler says he thought he'd think it's a great idea. Miz says he loves Cleveland, but it's not exactly a WrestleMania city. So he asked the fans why they were cheering for him earlier, and now they're booing him. He said the city couldn't even handle the pyro, and he said he doesn't even live there anymore because once you get an ounce of success, you leave Cleveland, Ohio. He said the Browns moved to Baltimore. He got booed, and he talked about big-name athletes who also left the city of Cleveland. He said Cleveland will never host a Super Bowl or a WrestleMania. He says it's time for them to head to WrestleMania because winners leave Cleveland. I don't get why this was necessary. I don't get why Jerry Lawler was out there and no sign of the Mysterios. All the shit talking that these two guys did with the Mysterios and they just sat idly by backstage without an ounce of fucking care to come out and confront They're WrestleMania opponents, man. Listen, I heard Titus was making homemade cannolis for dessert tonight. Those cannolis must have been fucking delicious because we didn't hear a fucking peep from Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Nobody gives a shit. And Jerry Lawler only added to this nonsensical waste of fucking time segment. Kevin Patrick. 
he interviewed Tommaso Ciampa and the NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker made his Monday Night Raw debut. Not much of a crowd response for Braun Breaker in Cleveland. That's a bad sign because Cleveland is a big wrestling city. Braun Breaker got zero reaction from the Cleveland fans in in the arena tonight on Monday Night Raw. Zero reaction. You know, if this was Triple H's NXT, whoever Triple H was grooming in NXT would have got a resounding reaction because back in the day, which is not that long ago, people actually watched NXT when Triple H was the head of NXT creative. Now that Vince and Bruce have taken over, nobody is watching NXT, so... There you go. Nobody knows who Braun Breaker is because they are not watching NXT, and rightfully so, the show fucking sucks. Breaker says he's still taking it all in. He's very excited to be on Monday Night Raw. Be careful what you wish for, Mr. Braun Breaker. Be careful what you wish for, Braun Breaker. I'm here every Monday night, bro. I know eventually whatever I say is going to get back to you. You better be fucking careful what you wish for, man. You don't want to be on Monday Night Raw. You don't want to be on SmackDown right now, but you also don't want to be on Monday Night Raw. I would urge you to stay right where you are, man. It is the less of the two evils, the three evils in WWE. Even though it's a Vincent Bruce production, you still got your HBKs and your Matt Blooms and your Sarah Amato's down there and you got your little comfy NXT Performance Center. You don't want to be on Monday Night Raw. Believe me. Believe me. And I got to get this off my chest, man. I, I, I've i watched enough Braun Breaker to know that the guy is fucking legit. He's got something. He's got it. Whatever the fuck it is. Braun Breaker's been intense. Braun Breaker's been physical. Braun Breaker hasn't cracked a fucking smile in NXT. Why does he make his first appearance on Monday Night Raw and not within the first three fucking minutes is Braun Breaker smiling in his first promo on Monday Night Raw? Is it really that necessary for all the baby faces to fucking smile? This is what killed Rhea Ripley. This is what continues to fucking eat away at Bianca Belair. Now they got Braun fucking Breaker smiling on Monday Night Raw. Why? Why do we have him smiling? Braun Breaker should not even know the definition of smile. But here we are. Did anybody else notice that? Or am I just losing my fucking mind because I was delirious with fucking garbage on my television? Stop the smiling. They had Apollo Crews smiling when he was a babyface. They got fucking Bianca Belair smiling. They got Rhea Ripley smiling. They got Nikki Ash smiling. Enough of the smiling. Braun Breaker is there to break your bones. Not fucking smile and take you out for a cup of coffee afterwards. Tommaso Ciampa was there. He says he can't wait to team with Breaker and then challenge him for the NXT Championship on Tuesday. He says he can't wait to get his hands on Dolph Ziggler and his goon, Bobby Roode. He's grateful for the chance to compete on Raw. Ciampa says they're going to beat Ziggler and Roode again, this time on Raw. I'm not sure this was a great way to debut Braun Breaker. What the fuck do I know? I've watched enough Monday Night Raw and enough of NXT to realize who's going to make it 
and who's not. You keep this shit up, Braun Breaker's going to be dead in the water within the first two months of his debut on Monday Night Raw. Sarah Schreiber interviewed the Street Profits backstage as they were uh, walking to wherever. She asked if there was a place for them at WrestleMania. The answer is no. There's not a place for the Street Profits at WrestleMania. She said it must be disappointing. Things are looking very grim. Things are looking very grim usually. It's Monday night. Why wouldn't it look grim? Montez Ford says he thought they were closer than that. He said four weeks is plenty of time for them to make their case and find a place. He said they did pin RK Bro not too long ago. So if anybody is first to be in line for a title shot, it should be them. Oh, is that all it takes now? Beating RK Bro in a non-title match? They weren't even the fucking champions. So how does that make you the number one contender for the tag team championships now that they won the championship? You pinned them when they weren't champions. Who gives a shit? You, just like everybody else, are in the back of the line. So they pinned RK Bro not too long ago. So if anybody is first in line, it's them. It should be them. Angelo Dawkins then told Seth and KO to get to the back of the line. Tommaso Ciampa made his ring entrance. I didn't watch Monday Night Raw last week, so I had no earthly fucking clue that they changed Tommaso Ciampa's theme music. No one will survive. They had to change the theme music. I don't really understand why Tommaso Ciampa needed his theme music eradicated and replaced with something far less impactful. I can't tell the difference between this and Dana Brooks' theme. I can't tell the difference between this and Shayna Baszler's theme. I can't tell the difference between this and Carmella's theme. Why? Why did Tommaso Ciampa need his absolutely identifiable and very noticeable theme music changed because he's now having more appearances on Monday night? Does nobody want to have their superstars feel special in this company? No one will survive. Yes, It's quite funny that Tommaso Ciampa's fucking lyrics are no one will survive. You ain't, I love Ciampa. Don't get me wrong, man. Ciampa will always have a place in my heart. He will. With what Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa did in NXT, man, it fucking revitalized my passion for this great fucking sport. One of the best storylines that WWE ever ever did and some of the greatest matches that this company's ever produced. Even their pandemic match was fucking awesome. No one will survive. It's quite fitting. Tommaso Ciampa will not survive on Monday Night Raw. I doubt he's going to get released, but this guy will be in the Finn Balor role before all is said and done. Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Didn't really give a shit about this because this was pretty predictable. Braun is in there, gave Rude a delayed vertical suplex very early on in this match. Rude gave Champa a spine buster, and the Dirty Dogs took control for a little bit. Champa hit a knee strike, tagged in Braun, who gave Ziggler a big overhead suplex and a spine buster. He got no reaction to any of his offense. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. WWE even played a nice vignette for Braun Breaker before the match actually took place. Not one single peep from the crowd. Braun ran into a Ziggler kick. Came right back with a clothesline. Rude distracted Braun Breaker and Ziggler used a schoolboy for a close two count. Ziggler followed up with a zigzag, but Champa broke up the cover before taking out Rude 
Braun finished off Ziggler with the military press slam into his power slam. One, two, three. And that was it. After the match, Ziggler told Braun and Champa he planned on winning the world title on NXT tomorrow night. And he will be standing there with one more trophy for my quote-unquote big-ass trophy case. I'll see you fellas tomorrow night on NXT. I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, Braun Breaker showed up on Monday Night Raw with all this fucking hype and fanfare coming out of NXT and not one single reaction from the Cleveland crowd. Hopefully that changes. But this guy, if you're going to send him out there fucking smiling like fucking Smiley Finn when he was an underwear model and a walking toothpaste ad, it's not going to get Braun Breaker many likes on social media. I'll tell you that right now. Stop the fucking smiling. NXT is a dead brand. WWE is doing a stand and deliver show on Saturday afternoon of night one of WrestleMania. That afternoon, they're doing a stand and deliver show, and they're looking to fill a legit arena for NXT 2.0. I doubt they will. Ziggler is wrestling Braun Breaker. Apparently, they're going to be doing something with Walter. They're going to be doing a ladder match with Carmelo Hayes in the North American Championship. They're going to try to make this feel like a takeover, but it will never be a takeover. Our takeovers are now in AEW. WWE is going to have a very difficult time selling out that NXT show with Braun Breaker leading the charge. And after tonight, getting no reaction, they should be worried about what they're doing that afternoon of WrestleMania Day 1. There's a lot of wrestling shows that day, and a lot of people just do not have the interest in NXT under Bruce and Vince like they did with Triple H. If this was a Triple H takeover, then I think everybody would migrate to that and find great interest in that over everything else. This is not a Triple H takeover. This is a Vince product and a Vince stand and deliver. It's not the same. Backstage, we saw Omas. They shot this camera angle of Omas he was standing above and the cameraman looked like he was laying down on the floor shooting up at oh my I I, I get it Vince Bruce I, I, I get it bro I get it Omas is a large collie I get it I get it he's a big guy do we need to have this fucking camera guy laying on the fucking floor on his back shooting up at Omos, pretending like he's bigger than a fucking skyscraper. You know, it does come off as cringe. WWE doesn't need to do it like that. There are certain angles where it works. There are certain angles where it looks cool. But the fucking cameraman looked like he was laying down on his back shooting Omos as Omos was cutting this promo. Sarah Schreiber was asking the question. She was nowhere in the shot. Because she would look utterly ridiculous if she was in the camera shot. And asked if he's worried that there isn't a place for him on WrestleMania despite being undefeated since his debut at WrestleMania last year. How many victims do I need to dominate to get my WrestleMania moment? He vowed then to not wait for a moment. And I'm going to take... Everybody out and punish them and dominate every WWE superstar. Omar! 
This guy, what are you going to do with Omos at WrestleMania? What, what, what are you going to do with Omos at WrestleMania? What? what? You're going to do Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? You're going to have this guy go into an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and eliminate everybody and give him the big Andre trophy, right? As if anything came of winning that Battle Royal. I pray to God with what we saw tonight, we don't get Omos at WrestleMania against what I saw tonight. Omos versus Apollo Cruz. Apollo, please hand me my termination papers immediately, Cruz. Remember this quote. It is now 12.38 a.m. on March 8th, Tuesday. Remember this quote. Apollo Crews will be on the post-WrestleMania Nick Conman budget cut list when the new round of cuts are official. He will be there with Shotzi Blackheart and T-Bag and uh, what's his other name there? The other guy in fucking... Uh, Retribution, whatever the fuck his name is. I can't even think of his name anymore, man. The guy with the dreads. The guy who looks like fucking Predator. These guys will be released. I don't even remember his fucking name. He hasn't been on fucking TV. They drafted him to SmackDown. What the fuck is his name? Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is going to be gone from WWE, man. Remember all the effort that WWE? Mace. Yeah, Mace. Yeah, he's going to be gone. Mace is going to be eliminated, bro. He's going to be... On the Nick Conman budget cut list. Dijakovic's going to be gone. Veer is going to be on that list. T-Bag is going to be on that list. They're all going to be gone. Shotzi is absolutely getting released. No question. I'll bet my fucking life savings on fucking Shotzi Blackheart and Apollo Crews getting the axe in WWE. I don't want them to. I don't want them to, but it's coming. I don't want to be right. But nine times out of ten, I'm usually... Very correct. It's going to happen. Omos won in three minutes because Apollo Crews is nothing more than a fucking absolute waste of talent on WWE's roster. And he is Titus O'Neil's favorite executive chef. I heard Apollo Crews had some new recipes that didn't really go over in catering, man. I'm feeling right now that WWE is punishing Apollo Crews for his lack of effort in the kitchen. Titus doesn't like it, man. I heard through the grapevine. I got my sources. Titus does not like Apollo's attitude as of late, man. I heard he's even sabotaged some dishes and upset some superstars in the locker room. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm working on the scoop. Omos wins with the Kali Slam. Goodbye, good night. Get him off my fucking TV, man. I really want to reprise the get off my TV t-shirts with Omos. Can I do that? Can somebody do that for me? I just need him off my television. Like, why is this guy on my TV? What is so attractive about Omos being on WWE television? Commander Aziz entered the ring, and then he went to go check on Apollo Crews. Omos was leaving the ring. He turned back around, and he had stared down with Commander Aziz. Look at these two, says Corey Graves. They look like two skyscrapers. Can you imagine if the WrestleMania match is Omos and Commander Aziz? Can you imagine that? And people thought WrestleMania 9 was bad. People thought WrestleMania 9 was bad. You know, the WrestleMania show that had Mr. Perfect and the Narcissist, Lex Luger. The show that had Crush 
versus Doink the Clown, a show that had Razor Ramon versus Bob fucking Backlund. The Steiner Brothers versus the Usos. Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka for the Intercontinental Championship. Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake versus the Million Dollar Man and IRS for the WWF Tag Team Titles. The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. Now that I'm na- now now that I'm naming all these WrestleMania matches at WrestleMania Nine, I would take WrestleMania Nine over over whatever the fuck we're getting at WrestleMania Thirty Eight right now. People say WrestleMania Nine is one of the worst of all time. I highly doubt that compared to what we're getting in Dallas, Texas, in just four weeks. We got Edge. It's probably the best thing about this entire show outside the open and the tag team title match. Edge made his entrance. He only had his entrance music play very briefly. And then they stopped the music and he walked out slowly and he soaked up all the booze, man. It actually reminded me of the old Tommaso Ciampa days where he he got no theme music. And he came out. And he came out with no theme music and his theme music was was the booze. The booze. That's all you need. It reminded me of that. He came out to no theme music. He soaked in the booze. He was wearing what looked to be a fancy suit. No band t-shirt. No jeans, no flannel, no jacket, no nothing. Uh, Did I say the Usos? Uh, I meant the Head Shrinkers. The Usos, the Head Shrinkers, there's no fucking difference. It was the Head Shrinkers versus the Steiners. Head Shrinkers versus the Steiner brothers at WrestleMania 9. I apologize, man. I'm getting ahead of myself. If the Usos were on WrestleMania 9, it wouldn't have been that bad. But that, that tag team match with the, with the uh, Steiner Brothers and the Hedge Rankers, that was a damn good tag team match. Anyway, Edge, he, he came out and this purple light was emitting all over the arena. And it was kind of blinding to the viewer at home. He looked very creepy. He looked almost devilish with this light. You couldn't see the color of his skin. You couldn't see the color of his eyeballs. And he got into the ring and he was going to address the attack on AJ Styles. Um, Edge, he gets in the ring, he smiled and says, you think you know me? That's what I should say to everybody on social media. Everybody thinks they know me. You think you know me? No, you don't. He says it's time to put the kids and mom to bed. He addressed Styles through the camera. He said he did what he did for him. He said he needs the best AJ, the flesh-tearing pit bull. Styles helped him too. He says, it's like his brain cracked open and let the real him out, and it felt so good. I've never met. It was a me I've never met before. He says, it's a me I've fallen in love with. He said he finally feels in control in the ring and in control of everything that will ever happen to him in this entire industry. He said he is standing on a mountain of omnipotence, and the view is phenomenal, he says. He gave the heart cam this very creepy look, and that's the way the segment went off the air. We're getting AJ Styles and Edge at WrestleMania and is legitimately the only thing on this entire card outside of Reigns and Lesnar that feels like a WrestleMania match. Ronda versus Charlotte does not at all. Not with Ronda Drowsy the way she cuts a promo at all. Well, I'm going to WrestleMania, and uh, I'm going to be in the main event of uh, WrestleMania with Charlotte Flair. And I'm happy to be back. I love all my fans. And uh, I won the Royal Rumble. And I'm living on Rousey Acres and uh, 
My husband is doing a swell job with our daughter at home. And it was tough having the baby. I broke my hand. And then I broke my other hand. And then I came back and I won the Royal Rumble and I got into a feud with Sonya Deville. And now I'm challenging that bitch, Charlotte Flair, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda Drowsy. That's Ronda Drowsy. Ronda Drowsy and Charlotte Flair doesn't even feel like a WrestleMania match. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair doesn't feel like a WrestleMania match. None of these matches feel like WrestleMania matches outside of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And then Edge and AJ Styles. I guess we should thank Bruce for giving us one fucking match that will really be a testament to WrestleMania. Thank you, Bruce. Every now and then he throws us some fucking crumbs, does Bruce Pritchett. So, Kevin Owens was backstage. Kevin Patrick approached him and asked what his reaction was to falling short of securing a path at WrestleMania. He asked what's going on right now with him, and Owens says he's not as distraught as he was earlier like Seth because he never wants to feel that way again. He says he won't have to because he just had an epiphany. He said an epiphany is when you have a brilliant idea that no one else can have it. He says his idea is going to change his entire WrestleMania future. Kevin Patrick asks, would you care to share what your epiphany is? Kevin Owens says, no, not yet. I'm going to iron out some details, but I will share the plan later tonight. So this clearly was the hook to keep you watching for the main event of Monday Night Raw. Liv Morgan and Carmella. Or Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, rather, versus Carmella and Zelina Vega. WWE paired Rhea Ripley and Nikki T-R-A-S-H up in a tag team, and it absolutely demoralized Rhea Ripley. It ruined Rhea Ripley. It buried Rhea Ripley. It made Rhea Ripley look like a fucking comic book geek, and it took away all of her badassery, and she sat there looking like a complete fucking loser a complete and utter fucking loser okay Liv Morgan she was in this feud with Becky Lynch and she had some decent matches with Becky Lynch she was never gonna win the Raw Women's Championship but uh she gave a valiant effort did Liv Morgan all the stands on social media cried and cried and begged that Liv Morgan and contemplated oh this is just the beginning let it play out they said let what play out? Liv Morgan getting buried? Sure thing. Let what play out? Liv Morgan going into WrestleMania as the Raw Women's Champion? <laughs> you guys are some fucking comedians, man. Liv Morgan going into WrestleMania as the Women's Champion on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I'm in the fucking main event of WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. I'm making it a triple threat match. The fuck out of here. Liv Morgan is the Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> Oh, man. God, I love a good joke, man. I love a good comedian. Liv Morgan did that Becky Lynch shit. And then Rhea Ripley and Nikki... The fuck is it? T-R-A-S-H. They broke up as a tag team. So I'm like, all right, WWE finally, after all these months of death for Rhea Ripley, have broken the team up. Now she can go on to do bigger and better things. At WrestleMania, right? Maybe a match with Oscar, maybe a match with Bailey, right? Maybe a match with anybody. 
A match with anybody. You could have even did Sasha Banks versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania in a Raw versus SmackDown super match, right? Anything would have been better than what we've been given right now on WWE television. They paired Sasha Banks with fucking Naomi. Naomi should be in a match with Sonya Deville. Let's be real. Naomi should be in a match with Sonya Deville. Naomi was eliminated by Sonya Deville in the Royal Rumble. I wouldn't, you ex- I wouldn't expect you to remember that because everybody thinks they know everything. If you go back and watch, Sonya Deville eliminated Naomi in the Royal Rumble. The feud was not over. WWE ended it prematurely. Instead of doing that and doing Sasha versus Rhea Ripley, which would have been a great one-on-one match for both women, WWE gave us the worst of the plans. They gave us Sasha and Naomi in a tag team title match against Carmella and Zelina Vega. And now they took out Rhea Ripley from this Nikki Ash tag team and only put her in another tag team simply to get her to WrestleMania. Why? Why are you going backwards when it comes to Rhea Ripley? You just took her out of a fucking tag team to only put her back in another makeshift tag team and get her on the WrestleMania card Because you have nothing else better to do for poor old Rhea Ripley. God, how the mighty have fallen, man. You know, when Triple H was in charge of NXT, she was great, man. She was identifiable. She had charisma. She had a unique look about her. Now that she's on the main roster, Rhea Ripley, believe it or not, man, with the fucking spikes and the leather pants and the fucking big muscles and the short hair and the fucking intimidating look, she feels like everybody else. How? How? I don't get it. A woman that looks like that feels like everybody else. I can't tell the difference between Rhea Ripley and fucking Carmella. I can't tell the difference between Rhea Ripley and fucking Drop. Are you serious? God, that is, that is creative malpractice right there. I don't get it. WWE Gave Liv Morgan and Carmella. Oh, again, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Carmella's going to WrestleMania to eventually lose. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. A spot in the WrestleMania women's tag team title match. Now making it a triple threat match. So it's now Sasha and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Carmella and Zelina Vega. How many other teams are they going to add that aren't legit tag teams? None of these teams are legit tag teams. Why do we have women's tag team titles? Why? Does anybody need women's tag team titles in this company? If I was in charge of WWE, my first order of business would be to take those women's tag team championships, take them out back, pour gallons upon gallons of gasoline at $5 a fucking gallon, and pour gasoline all over those titles, burn them up and incinerate them and sit there with a cold beverage on a nice chilly March evening, drinking my cold beverage as slow as humanly possible and watching the leather fucking burn away in the, in the beautiful March evening sky. That's exactly what I would do. It's exactly what I would do with those women's championships, man. And then when I got to take a leak, I'd go to the bathroom. I wouldn't even fucking piss on the goddamn flames to put the titles out. Awful. Awful. Get rid of them. They mean absolutely nothing. Whoever wins those championships, it means nothing. It means nothing. My, my fucking, I, I could go over my best friend's house and have his fucking five-year-old daughter come up with cardboard titles and create cardboard titles with scribble all over them 
and they'd be more prestigious and valuable than the fucking WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Don't know why we needed two sets of Women's Tag Team titles. NXT's got one. The main roster's got one. Why? All you needed was one. You could have done the Women's Tag Team titles on the main roster and put them down on NXT. But what the fuck do I know? What do I know? I don't know jack shit. I'm operating this fucking show from my mother's basement. Says the geeks online. I don't know shit. Vega and Carmella lose because Carmella was outside. She wasn't available for this match. She dropped to ringside to flirt with her fiance who was on commentary, a.k.a. Corey Graves. Vega went for a tag. Carmella wasn't there. Graves and Carmella were obviously fucking all lovey-dovey. Vega was then put in a riptide, and she was pinned by Rhea Ripley, Rhea Cringely. One, two, three, and that was it. That was it. Finn Balor, he wrestled Austin Theory again. This is the third time in about a month and a half. I've seen this before. No reason to see it again. This match went to a DQ. Balor wins via DQ. Balor, right at the start, he went for a sling blade. He then aggressively was stomping away at Theory. Theory made a comeback after blocking a Balor, a Balor suplex. Balor made a comeback for a couple, uh, a couple of moments. And he climbed up to the top rope. Priest showed up and shoved Balor off the top rope. Referee called for the bell. And that was it. Damian Priest versus Finn Balor will be your United States Championship match at WrestleMania. Seemingly, they turned Damian Priest into a heel. I got to see what they do now. Is he going to turn into or continue to turn into Jekyll and Hyde, Damian Priest? Is he going to be angry still? Or have we now kind of gotten the gist of it? He's now turned heel. He's automatically going to be angry. He's not playing babyface Damian Priest anymore and then transforming into angry Damian Priest. He's now a heel. He should be angry all the time. Boring. This is the best that they got for both Priest and Finn Balor. Great job, Bruce. Great job. I guarantee you the 100,000 people in AT&T Stadium will be half asleep during this match. Bianca Belair was interviewed by Kevin Patrick and she was asked, if she'll be using her hair at WrestleMania. Belair said she has one rule. Don't touch the hair. She said Becky tried to use her hair against her, so she had to pay for that. She said she'll win and walk out of WrestleMania as the Raw Women's Champion. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if Bianca Belair wins the Raw Women's Championship? What's happening after she wins the championship is what I'm concerned with. Just throwing it out there, man. Watch Bianca Belair... Wins the championship. Guarantee you we get Lacey Evans coming back. Challenging for the Raw Women's Championship. You're going to be begging for Becky Lynch to come back. Begging for Miss Cringe to come back. Kevin Owens. He was in the ring. He was the final segment of the night. It's official. Kevin Owens is in the ring and says, I don't have a WrestleMania match. He says he has found a way to get there, though. He said it depends. On the answer he gets to this next question. He says he wants to have the biggest KO show ever. And he's thought of whom he could ask to be a guest. He said because of where WrestleMania is taking place. It has to be some low life from Texas. He said it could be that blowhard bed of wind. A bag of wind. JBL. 
And he says, but the horns on the hood of the limo would make a more interesting guest than JBL. I would absolutely have to agree. He then said Booker T. Booker T called him a liar last week on social media. He said Booker T might be from Texas, but he spent most of his career in a tag team called Harlem Heat and then spoke in a bad, bad accent as King Booker. So he doesn't want to interview a hypocrite. He said Shawn Michaels is a proud Texan. But he's uh, a a proud Canadian, so it would be sacrilegious to have him on the KO show. So out of respect of Bret Hart, to Bret Hart, HBK isn't invited. He says he has the perfect guest in mind. He said, just like Texas, he is a broken down shell of his former self, living off his past glory. Seemingly what WWE loves to do and uh, loves to go and get. People that are a broken down shell of their former selves living off their past glory. WWE always living off their past glory and fucking the future over. He said this guy has probably let himself go. Drinking beer like the redneck he is. He says his knees are so shot. He had to wear knee braces in his matches just to get by. He says he might need a walker to get to the ring. He said nothing would make him happier than to give him a stunner. He'll never forget and then pour a a, a glass of milk over his lifeless body. I didn't know Kevin Owens was a non-alcoholic. Maybe I missed that somewhere in translation. A glass of milk? Who drinks milk? Oat milk, maybe, but not whole milk. Steve Austin, I know you're watching, but I know you don't have the guts to respond. He says he's calling out Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that was it. Then we got the graphic of the KO show to happen, At WrestleMania, Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin as guest on KO Show? Question mark. And we heard Steve Austin's theme music. We heard the glass shattering. Why would you do that? Why would they play the graphic of Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin? They legitimately played this graphic, showed the graphic on TV with with the theme music of Stone Cold Steve Austin playing in the background. You heard the glass shattering and you heard that that just iconic theme playing. Why would you do that? Why would you play that during a segment like this to show a graphic instead of waiting to play that music next week when he comes out and accepts the challenge or the week after that or appears at WrestleMania? Why why would you play that on Monday Night Raw and then not deliver Stone Cold Steve Austin? I don't know. WWE is just, they're just illogical fucking morons. What a waste of fucking three hours this show was. Outside of the first hour, which clearly was an inspiration from Revolution, that tag team match was great. And I wish WWE would take influence and inspiration from AEW a little bit more often instead of just doing it every every other four fucking months when AEW's got a pay-per-view, right? You got the roster to do that, so do it. And then the Edge promo... And that was pretty much it. Everything else on this show was fucking terrible. Everything on this show was terrible. The open, the middle, and the end. That was it. Everything else in between was a complete shit show. WrestleMania is shaping up to be the worst WrestleMania of all time. WrestleMania 38 is going to be by far and away the worst WrestleMania that the company has ever produced. We're about to get into the Super Chats, guys. Thank you so very much for all of your support. I really appreciate you hanging out with me on your Monday nights, wherever you are. 2,400 in the venue tonight for Monday Night Raw. Get your Super Chats in. It's last call in the venue. Hit that thumbs up. I only see 787 likes. 
But we got 2,400 people in the venue, man. I need 1,000 at least, minimum, on the live stream. So if you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Continue to become a channel member as well on the on the podcast and on the live stream. It's a great way to get those emotes. And you guys get those emotes and those custom badges to use in the live stream chat and show off your VIP status. Make sure you guys check out my sponsor for today's show. And that is my very good friends over at Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. I know you guys love shopping online. Everybody loves shopping online. A lot of what I bought for the office and the home office and the podcast is through Honey. Saved a lot of money on Honey, man. I really love using the product. And you guys can do the same thing. Download the free web browser. Downloads right down to your web browser. And it does all the work for you, man. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. It also supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech, gaming products, to popular fashion brands, and even food delivery. Now, just imagine you're shopping online at one of your favorite sites. When you go to checkout, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You're going to wait a few seconds. Honey's going to search for coupons it finds for that site, and boom, you're going to watch the prices drop. Tech. All my tech came from Honey. My cat's cat food came from Honey, man. I save money even on their food and their toys, and I save monthly. I save a lot of money, man, just on that stuff alone. Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. So if you guys don't already have Honey, you guys could be straight up missing out. It's literally free. It installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself and me a favor. So make sure you guys go over there and use our link. Joinhoney.com slash off the scripts. I'd never recommend anything that I don't use, ever. Everything that I usually talk about on this show, I use in my everyday life. I would never recommend or steer you guys wrong. You guys can get Honey for free. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. Let's get it to the Super Jots, man. Starting at the top, we got D Bastardo with a $5 Super Chat. Friday, I sent the Super Chat that read, I have Brit, you have Rosa, loser buys meal at TB House. I meant Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. You said, okay, I'll take that bet. Bro, it's not over yet. It's not over yet, bro. Rosa's going to win the title in a couple of weeks. She's going to win the title from Baker in San Antonio. Just give it a couple of weeks, man. We're going to even each other out. I'm going to buy you a beer anyway. Don't worry about it. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. RK Bro won because they are still mega over. And if we don't get Owens versus Rollins at WrestleMania, then maybe we get Owens, Rollins versus Usos. Brand split be damned. No. Now, Rollins, I don't know what Rollins is doing, man. It's either Rollins and Cody or nothing for Rollins. I do RK Bro versus Usos unify the titles. Kevin Owens and the KO show is going to be his WrestleMania moment. Aaron King with a $2 Super Chat. Throw the 24-7 title off a 30-story building. Please give it to me. I'd gladly do it. And I'm afraid of heights, man. 
Tony Brown with a 9.99 super chat. Tasty BM, Sasha Banks or Bailey. BM means booty meat, by the way. Uh, I'm going with Sasha. I'm going with Sasha there, buddy. D best starter with a $5 super chat. Employees got called into the PC last minute to do shoots late tonight. You have to be available for them 24-7. Disorganized mess. Triple H, where are you? Employees got called into the PC to do last minute shoots late tonight. Why? What was so important that couldn't wait till tomorrow morning? I will never understand the management in WWE, man. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Raw was a 5 out of, five out of 10. Not a bad show. Joseph Taylor, you clearly watched the wrong show tonight. I don't know what the fuck you were watching. Akachi Ra with a $5 Super Chat. Did we find that Microsoft support geek that DDoSed your stream earlier? I don't think he DDoSed anything, man. We're good to go tonight. It was just one of those freak things that happened. It upset me greatly, but I am okay today, man. I got through the show and everything was good. It was a good show tonight. My show, not Raw. Jay Patterson with a $5 Super Chat. I'm calling it right now. Bianca is losing that braid before or at WrestleMania. Becky is going to cut it. Bro, now you will this into existence, man. I swear to God, if they do that, that would be fucking terrible. I would not be surprised, though. They change everybody else, so why not? Lauren Hunt with a $2 Super Chat. Looks like Vince changes Mania plans again. Vince changes. Vince right now is currently changing his WrestleMania plans. And they'll change about a thousand fucking times more before we get there. Jeremy Harris with a $5 Super Chat. Revolution was awesome. The more I watch AEW, the less I like WWE. I'm pretty sure you feel the same way, JD. My drinks are ice and cold. Cheers to AEW. Your drinks are ice and cold or ice cold? I think your drinks are ice cold, buddy. Ice is cold, yes, but you're not drinking ice. Let me pour you a shot, man. Enjoy yourself. Matt Eagle with a 499 Super Chat. Sorry, you have to come off a great AEW Revolution high by putting up with another dreadful Raw, JD. Don't apologize, man. I love doing this for you guys. I just can't stand watching three hours of subpar sports entertainment. Brandon Jefferson, finally a member. Let me get a shot of tequila with one of those of Jesse's Tacos. You don't want Jesse's Tacos, man. I'll give you another shot of tequila instead of Jesse's Tacos, man. I heard that he burnt the pork that he grilled tonight. You don't want it. And he doesn't put sour cream on his tacos, man. Nothing. He's got dry-ass pork and no sour cream and no cheese. No cheese. What type of fucking man is this? Gonna have to dump you. Donald Prangay with a 199 super chat. Hopefully I pronounced that right, bud. Only if Chavo Guerrero was Mrs. Surprise Partner. I would actually take that over fucking Logan Paul, to be quite honest with you. Chad Harper with a $5 super chat. How pathetic. WWE trying to generate interest by bringing up Stone Cold and WrestleMania. I will not watch. Can't wait for the Owen Hart Cup. Yes, the Owen Hart Cup is gonna be awesome. KMG with a $10 Super Chat. Hope you enjoyed Revolution, JD. I paid 50 bucks for it, and I wouldn't play, and it wouldn't play. I would be watching any more AEW pay-per-views until they ditch the god-awful Bleacher Report app. Absolutely ridiculous. 
I'm sorry about that, Cam G. I, I don't use Bleacher Report. I went through traditional pay-per-view cable provider means, man. I went through Verizon. Not a single problem all night, besides the fucking internet issue. I don't know why you didn't use Fight TV. You could have used Fight TV as well. Fight TV is better than the Bleacher Report app. Next time. Coil Phoenix with a 10, uh, 20, rather, 20 in Super Chat. I absolutely feel bad for the whole WWE roster because they have the worst group of people running it to date. It truly makes me sad to see wrestlers like Theory, Owens, and Ricochet, who have phenomenal talent, being wasted. It's pretty bad, Phoenix. Ricochet might, might not even have a match. People were going crazy over Ricochet winning the IC title. He doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania. And I doubt he will. KMG with a fight all super chat. I know you're a big beer guy, JD. I don't drink, really. But if you tried Stone Cold's beer, I heard it was terrible. Yes, I am not a fan of Stone Cold's beer. I don't drink IPAs. His beer is a IPA. I don't drink IPAs. The only IPAs I drink are hazy IPAs and sour IPAs. It cuts down on the hoppy flavor. Carlos Alberto with a Mexican pesos, $49 super chat. Hey, JD, are you going to buy WWE 2K22? No. I am not. If they want to give it to me as a promotional copy, I will. But no. Bright Studios, love the show, JD. Thank you for enduring through Monday Night Raw so I don't have to. I was wondering, who do you consider to be the biggest waste of talent in WWE in the last 10 years? Everybody that WWE released that is now on AEW. Legitimately. Currently on the roster, Ricochet, Cesaro. He got, well, he he wasn't let go. He just walked. But yes, guys like that. Ali, Wyndham. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. AEW should move their pay-per-views to Saturdays, please. Saturdays would be better, man. Legitimately, they would be better than a Sunday. Jason Carter with $11 in Super Chat and the brand split. I would unify all the titles, renaming them WWE World Championship and Undisputed Women's World Championship. I would unify the IC, US, and 24 titles, calling it WWE TV Championship. No, we need a WWE Championship, a US Championship, an Intercontinental Championship, one Women's Championship, and one set of Tag Team Championships, and that's it. Everything else needs to go. John A. with a 199 Super Chat. Thoughts on Muhammad Hassan from 2004. Loved it in 2004. It would absolutely be canceled in 2022. Jairo Gonzalez with 20 in Mexican. Pesos. Hey, JD, do you think Triple H will start his own promotion? No, I do not. Why would he? He's getting paid to do nothing in WWE, man. He's part of the family. Red Storm Pro. Thank you for the $5 in Super Chat. AEW has a 62-year-old sting crashing through tables and getting big pops from the crowd. WWE will have Stone Cold Steve Austin doing a talk show segment at WrestleMania. LOL. If WWE had their way, they would have Austin wrestling at WrestleMania. Austin doesn't want to do it. Good for him. Why would he come back and ruin his legacy? For a cheap fucking payday in a match that means nothing. That's been given three weeks of build. 
Ricardo Little with a $5 super chat. Rhea Ripley equals fraud because of WWE. How sad that we had a show like Revolution last night and trash like Raw tonight. OTS is always number one. Thank you, Ricardo. I appreciate you, brother. Hope all is well. Alex Perez with a 499 super chat. Pick one. Sammy Zamers, Johnny Knoxville, or Crush versus Doink the Clown. I'm going with Crush versus Doink the Clown. Matt Osborne, the original Doink, was fucking brilliant, man. Alex Perez, thank you, brother. JD Venom with the $10 super chat. Raw was a 2 out of 10. Edge's promo was great. Orton's RKO was great. Owens and Stone Cold. KO show at Mania, I'm fine with. Just don't have Austin wrestle. WWE 2K22 is out as of now. Mr. 9 to 5 is coming back. I'm not so sure about that, man. I'm not so sure about that. Shakoy with a $5 super chat. WW2K22 is looking like a boring UFC clone game. Better than 2K20. Nothing that is impactful. Also, gamers can't even play against each other online. Well, that's because it's not officially out yet. All the fucking geeks that pre-ordered it, they're the only ones that have access to it. Shakoy also with a $2 super chat. I seriously can't wait for the new AEW game. Me too, man. I think that AEW game is going to be great. Chris Elliott with a $5 super chat. I ordered AEW Revolution on my Spectrum. It was so worth the $50. Cheers to JD, the Messiah of the IWC. Absolutely. And Bobby Means with a $5 super chat. I think Britt needs to lose. Give her a break. Rosa is now the future of that women's division. Britt needs to go back to the dentist office and sell Arbor Mist. Yo, why the disrespect for Britt Baker, man? Why the disrespect for the doctor? Yes, her title reign is a little weak right now. It's uh, about due to end. Let's give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt for him doing the right thing, man. Seriously. He's going to do the right thing. Don't worry about it. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here, man. It was uh, a good show tonight. Off the script was, not raw. But I appreciate you guys very much, man, for hanging out with me on your Monday nights. Thank you so much for all the super chats. Thank you for the love tonight. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. 875 likes in the live stream, man. Let's get that to 1,000. We usually hit 1,000 easy on Monday night, man. What's going on here? If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, hit the thumbs up. 1,000 minimum. Kevin Owens, KO Show, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes is the big rumor right now. Tag team match was awesome tonight. RK Bro, the new tag team champions. WrestleMania looking like a complete shit show. I'll be back on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. I will have Jesse in the house. And we will go over AEW Dynamite, which should be awesome. All of the fallout from Revolution should be great, man. Will we see Jeff Hardy? Will we see Vi- uh, Will we see Swerve Scott? Will we see CM Punk? And what is planned for him next? What's next for Adam Page? What's next for Wardlow? Lots to talk about coming out of AEW, man. Lots of good shit. 
And go check out my sponsor, guys, Honey. Join Honey.com slash off the scripts. Download that free web browser and start saving some money using my good friends over at Honey. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'll see you back on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. Off the script 420 will be live tomorrow. No NXT. But I need two things from you guys right now, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, those Mustang emojis, if you got them. And when that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys on Wednesday live back in the venue. The AEW Dynamite on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.